Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. Welcome, Kirk. I am your other co-host, Cam. And all right, let me have it. Let's just let's get the ridicule out of the way right now for the um I've heard it I've heard it been called a lip sweater, which I hate, by what? the way. Um, you know, trash stash, whatever, whatever we want to go with. I have I can't explain myself, but if anybody in the chat wants to just roast me right now on the stream, let's just go ahead and get out of the way before we get into it. Because if I start seeing if I start seeing it out of the corner of my eye, it's gonna it's gonna hurt my feelings and I don't want that. Out of the corner of your eye, huh? I, I don't understand that because listen to me. There was a poll done on a group chat, a poll done on a group family chat, and I, for one, was a big fan immediately because there was not too long ago when Chris, what's his name? One of the Chris's, Chris Pratt, did something similar. And when he did, you did something similar to that with a mustache and a beard. And all I have to say is that the mustache on your face is glorious and Mm. very few people can successfully pull it off. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and here's here's the God's honest truth. I'm coming clean right now. Um it was an accident. <laughs> and people are not going to believe that. People are not going to believe that. But it's true because what happened was I was trying to trim my beard, which I do frequently. But it was a little longer than I wanted it, so I was trying to go lower and uh, I thought I had used the lowest guard before on my beard trimmer, but obviously I had not. And so <laughs> I used it and started here in the middle, right? And went up and was horrified. And my son was in the bathroom at the time laughing hysterically. He's, oh, laugh- no. he's laughing so hard. He's like, this is amazing. He blew it. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. And I'm like, what do I do? Well, and then I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? This is a unique opportunity because I'm not going to go clean shaven, but I also don't want to go all the way down to nothing. Like I don't want to go clean shaven, but I also don't want to go like uh, one millimeter all the way around. So I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to try it. You know, top guns in theaters. I didn't do it because of top gun, but it's in theaters. Chris Evans did it. Henry Cavill did. did it. And I'm not nearly as attractive as either of them, but I disagree. I do have a giant head. I have a giant head, and that is key for mustache, I think. You know, I love how you brought up the Top Gun thing because I've never seen so many mustaches in my life the past two weeks. (laughs) No. Grocery store. um, We went to like a baseball game. uh, My kid's baseball game, professional MLB baseball game. Mustaches on fleek, and they're just like, oh, I bet this guy... There's probably looping you in, lumping you in. That's what, that you that's what I'm did. worried about. That's what I'm worried about. And you know what? That's, that's fair. Like you, you can't blame them for that. You know, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's like, <laughs> the, it's, I can't blame them for that. And that's what I hate. Like, I don't want people being like, wow, look at this guy. He's Top Gun one time and is like going mustache. <laughs> it was honestly, God's honest truth, a complete accident. If I was doing it on purpose, I would be, I would come up front. I would do it. That's like the TikTok trend. One day after seeing Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. Two days after seeing Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then me, it's, I should be wearing, if I really wanted to emulate Top Gun Maverick, I'd have aviators on right now inside my house, but I don't. Yes. So anyway. They're on order, aren't they already? No, no. I can't see, I can't wear aviators. <laughs> I, I need square, square frames. They, they work better with my head shape, but okay. anyway, okay. here we are. 
yes, I have a mustache. It probably won't last long. So get your get your jollies now, and we'll we'll move on. But we have tons to discuss today, Kirk. And a little birdie told me that birdie's name was Kirk. That uh, you have a game today. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> are you a hummingbird? It looks like your I wings a- are going pretty fast. <laughs> They're so fast. <laughs> I'm flying forward. I'm uh, flying backward. Oh, gosh. Yes, I do have a game today. Up. I do have a game today. Do you, do you want to know the name of it now or later? Well, of course I want to know now. I, I can't do suspense. I don't like it. Well, it's a little... Well, I guess then you have to live with anticipation. So oh. we're going to get through the suspense phase. <laughs> I just want to know the name so I can try to mentally prepare myself. Okay. The game of today is called... Sandler says. Oh, I like it. In mm. honor, I have to assume, of the movie that we are reviewing this week, which will that review will release on Thursday. Uh, sorry, Friday. Friday. That review will release on Friday, which is the, the Netflix hit film sensation Hustle, Kirk. Mm, that's right. That's exactly right. Because I, you know, we haven't done a game in a long time because there's True. been such a flood of movie news. So finally, and there still is a flood, but I told you last week, I said, listen, I haven't done a game in a long time and I'm sick of it. I'm going to get up out of bed and I'm going to write a game. And I did. I did. It's true. And you looked I, me dead in the eyes and it was, it was honestly scary for a moment. Yeah. You were like, I grabbed the tail ends <laughs> of your mustache and I pulled you in close. You were like, we are going to do a game. And I was like, okay. You know, just please leave my family alone. It's, it's going to be okay. Uh, no, so I'm excited. I am excited. I'm always scared, always, um, due to the public ridicule that usually befalls me whenever I try to play these games. But I'm going to do my best, and uh, I vow to not be angry if I lose the game, which I probably will. So it'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, as, as we were just saying, our review of Hustle – will be coming out later this week. It's on Netflix, so no excuses. You don't have to go to the theater. You can watch it right from your home, um, mm-hmm. unless you're one of the 200,000 people that unsubscribe from Netflix in Q1 of this year. <laughs> so uh, in which case, I understand. Times are tough. Those people got jailbroken uh, Amazon. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that's, yeah, then then you're you're good. You're good to go. Um, the other thing I want to plug before we get into the news is the, is our episode that dropped yesterday monday um june 13th which was our first ever interview episode and an interview with a really really interesting guy um retired united states air force master sergeant and fighter jet maintainer mike hurd uh was on the podcast to talk to us about the jets in top gun maverick and all things top gun maverick and it was awesome it was such a blast um I posted on social. I was like, if you listen to no other episode of our podcast, listen to this one. You know, real insights from somebody who's been there doing the dang thing, was working on jets back in the days of Top Gun number one. Uh, just a real expert and a really fun conversation. I, I know we both learned a lot. I think I think we did. We did. I know, I know I did. I had just a, a plethora of questions before and after, and he told us that we can gab, grab him anytime. If there's any more movies with fighter jets, we just want to pop them in, pop them out. He says he's available. So, Mike. It's true, too. I texted him you. at 3.30 the other morning. I said, uh, I just said, you up, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not text back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I, I believe him because he, I loved how much he loved talking about it. It's so fun to meet people and talk to people who 
love what they do or love mm-hmm. like whatever they're, I just love to meet people and learn about their obsessions and things that they just sink their teeth into. And that's certainly the case with, with uh, Mike and, and the jets. And obviously we thank him for his service to our country and also for his wealth of knowledge and expertise, which um, was great. Really a great. That's time. right. And just a reminder, we're still not sure if he is Anthony Edwards or not. There is a picture that we shared also on our social medias. It's on every one of them. Just go find it. And I mean, I kid you not, he looks identical to Anthony Edwards because I think he is. Yeah, I was going to say, correction, you're not sure. I am sure. And here's here's my point, and I'll leave it here. Mm -hmm. And I posted it too. No one has ever seen those two in the same room. Am I wrong? No. It's never been done, never been seen. Until somebody can, can formulate better evidence than that, then I rest my case. I'm going to start asking him medical questions to you see should. what he's retained from his hit series ER. On just spring NBC. it on him. Yeah. Just like, just text him and be like, Dr. Green, I was wondering, uh, <laughs> you know, just, I've got just, this rash. <laughs> and he said, Oh yeah, well see you if he should. just snaps back into it. Like, ah, gotcha. Uh, it's gives me a tracheotomy when I pretend like I passed out. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm awake. Oh man. Yeah. We should do that. But uh, seriously, it's, it's creepy in a good, in all the right ways. It's creepy. Yes. Um, all right, Kirk. Well, before we waste any more time, let's get into it. Cause you, you said it, we got a waterfall of news to talk about. And we better get to it if we want to get to Sandler Says as well. So let's pop it up. Here we go. And this is this one, Kirk, man. This one is a freaking doozy. It's, it, it is like, this is one of those ones. You're ready for some of it. You're definitely not ready for all of it. I can tell you that right now. Um, and that is Joker 2. Joker 2 is on the way. Um, from director Todd Phillips, DC Films, and potentially Joaquin Phoenix. We'll we'll get into that. Um, there, Todd Phillips posted on his Instagram two images. The first one is the one that's on the screen right now, which is a red screenplay that says Joker Folie Adieu, which means madness for two in French. And is a, it's also a medical term as well. Um, and the second picture was Joaquin Phoenix in black and white, smoking his cigarette, and reading the script. It's worth noting that Joaquin Phoenix does not yet have a deal with Warner to be in this film. So we can't we can't officially say that he's in it. That said, they're not making the film without the Academy Award winning person rep- reprising their role, obviously. So we can basically assume that with a 99.9% accuracy. Now here's where things get interesting. Well, first let me ask you this. How likely did you think a sequel was, Kirk? Because we've been hearing rumblings about it literally since Joker 2, or since Joker, the original, left theaters. But what what, what was your odds on this actually happening? Odds low. I go back and forth uh, since my initial feelings. I'll have to go back and listen to what I put on record. But the idea of a second one really interested me, especially if they would tie in Robert Pattinson's The Batman, um, even the slightest, not a big one, which now we know officially we won't get. Um, But having a second one of these, getting more of the world to explore of Joaquin's Joker spiraling out of control, it's a pretty big journey that I think we deserve. So I'm actually for having a second one as long as it's not too insane 
right? So yeah. that is, is that too particular to ask? I think, like, I want it yes. to be done my way. I think that's, that's not too, too selfish. To okay. Um, I so I definitely thought a sequel was coming um, because the first one made a billion dollars as an R-rated film, and Warner <laughs> Warner Bros is is the kind of organization where money definitely talks and they're going to squeeze every ounce of value out of all of their IP um, or die trying. And so I, I thought a sequel would come. I was anti a sequel um, for the same reason I'm anti sequel on lots of different things. It just it felt like it was pretty well wrapped up. Good story. Concise feels like the first movie was so ambitious and was so it's not perfect, but it's. I like the imperfections of it. I gave it a glowing review. I really enjoyed the film, um, but it just feels like, you know, it feels like a rocket ship held together with duct tape at times. Um, like, like cool stuff happening, but it's like, ah, there's. It's ambitious, so I. I feel like there's a lot to risk with the second one, and then there was this detail, and all of this is coming from this. What we talk about now will be coming from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, great industry insider there named Boris Kitt who uh, runs the Heat Vision blog. He says that Lady Gaga is in talks to co-star in the film alongside Joaquin Phoenix as Harley Quinn. Yes, Harley Quinn. And that this will be a musical adaptation. That this will be a musical. A musical film. Um, holy crap. I... Mm-hmm. And this is all rumored, but it's from it's from Boris Kitt, who who absolutely knows his stuff and wouldn't be reporting it otherwise. In fact, before he tweeted it last night, he said, "You might want to sit down for this one." Dot dot dot. <laughs> that was his tweet before he dropped it, <laughs> because this is really shocking. Um, Kirk, we were at the baseball game and we saw this last night. I I threw my phone in your direction. It was like, "Oh my god, did you see this?" And mm-hmm. you were like, "Is that real?" Which is a very valid question under the circumstances. But how are you feeling? Now that it's gotten to marinate for a little bit. Yeah, breaking it apart by two pieces here. First, Lady Gaga. I am not down for this. There is a big train for Lady Gaga. Listen, listen to me very carefully, listeners. Her music is astounding. It was groundbreaking. The girl can sing through buildings. Like she could, like in a good way, like she could crumble a building with the beauty of her voice. Actually, it's just so good, so strong, so powerful, okay? That's that's not a question of if she could be in a musical of the Joker, right? It's the question of her acting skills. To date, I've never seen anything past who she is. She is Lady Gaga. There's never been anything past that that she has to give, which is fine. That's not her core gift, her core strength. Can she be in movies? Sure. Can she be in a hit TV show about horror? Absolutely. But should she be always cast in these roles? The answer is no. Uh, And maybe there's a better type of role out there for her, but this, this path, I don't think it's right. That's my first part. How do you feel about Lady Gaga, the casting situation? I kind of like it. After, after I got to sleep on it a little bit, I'm, it's, it's, it's wild, but I'm kind of here for it. I have to say, I have to say, I thought she was good in Star is Born, but that's, I didn't think that that was a hard, particularly difficult role. Mm -hmm. Um, 
House of Gucci is what it is. I felt like most of the performances in that movie were overrated and that movie was way overwhelming uh, or underwhelming for, for a Ridley Scott movie, especially when The Last Duel was like objectively better uh, and it was released in the same year. But I'm coming around on this and if she's going to sing and, and blow the doors off with some amazing original songs, like I'm, I'm ready. I, my, my body is ready for that. And see, that's where I think people get mixed up is that, and not saying you are, but I think the majority of people get mixed up is that her voice, I mean, she might as well be a siren in a movie, right? Where she's just like mystifying people. And yeah, maybe yeah. that's part of it. Maybe that's part of this telling that she is like kind of hypnotizing Joker into the dark side. Maybe she's already part of the, the dark underbelly of Gotham, right? But I think that people get confused by her other talent that make them think that, oh, she's also just a good actress because I think she's that's a good fair. singer. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, Kirk. But I would say that in the right circumstances, I think she has the right tools. I think she has the tools to, to get it done. And, and with a with the scene partner, like Joaquin Phoenix acting at an Academy Award winning level, mm-hmm. the way he sort of always does, I think it can work. Okay. I'm, right. I'm cautiously optimistic, but very cautiously optimistic, I would say. Um, yeah. Both very cautious her, and very optimistic. <laughs> I'm going to need... <laughs> I'm going to need her to, like, go and, like, sit in a dark room for, like, 10 hours a day before she comes to set to, like, get in the dark mindset to match Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I think that should be a role assignment as her character study because... You got to get like deep in the depths of your feelings. And I know that she's able to do that by conjuring it up in her music, but now you have to do it without the, without your voice in front of it for some of it. I I mean, I don't imagine it'll be like Rent or Hamilton or In the Heights or, or Les Mis where it's just all music. I do not think that will happen with this film. So I just need her to dig real deep if it's her. And then that's fine. She can hit her mark. She looks great on camera. She memorizes her lines. She's not flubbing. She doesn't look like an amateur on screen. Yeah. But it's just the actual characterization I'm nervous about. Well, I, I am too. And I think that Harley Quinn is an especially, especially in this universe, is an especially tough assignment because mm-hmm. we've all seen what Margot Robbie has done with a comic accurate yes. Harley Quinn. And it's insane and really well done. But this can't be a comic accurate Harley Quinn because Arthur Fleck is not a comic accurate Joker. He's a totally different breed. He's his own thing. I mean, he's a new he's a new original character, a new version of the Joker, um, who is very different in many many ways. And I think mm-hmm. that Harley Quinn will have to make sure will have they will have to make sure that she fits within this universe. If they threw in a comic book accurate Harley Quinn into this world, it would be very off tone and strange. Um, so it will be that that will be a diff, difficult balancing act. Um, but the second part, the musical in general, Kirk. Yes. Your thoughts on that? All for it. All for it. Because some of through music, as most people know, there there are there are things you can't speak. There are things you can't express until you put them to music, right? And so I think that that portion of this, if you have to make a second one, if Warner Brothers is twisting your arm and says, you must do it, or we will you know, throw you to the, the city, the underbelly of Gotham itself, we'll find a way, Todd Phillips, and get you there. If they're forcing you to, and if you want to, music is such a great idea to elevate it to a different world and different realm that we haven't seen of this character. So that I'm for. 100%. I agree. And I think that when I think about it, 
I mean, this is so ambitious. If this actually is the direction they're going, again, it's still rumors. It's still in talks. They need to put pen to paper, etc., uh, on the contracts. But if this is the way they're going, holy crap, is that an ambitious follow-up to what I already thought was a really ambitious movie? And I get mad at people on film Twitter trying to trying to write off the first Joker as, oh, he just ripped off Martin Scorsese, because I don't view it that way at all. I see it as a lovely lovely well no it's not lovely but i see it has a really good homage to those 1970s scorsese films king of comedy taxi driver and the like but the fact that they applied that to a comic book character and one that is like really well documented and very much beloved and one of the most iconic characters ever and they did it in an r-rated movie that was as intense and jarring and gruesome as anything you've ever seen is so freaking crazy nobody has ever come close to attempting anything like that it's insanely ambitious and it is unrelenting like that movie is you can call it gross you can call it whatever you want you can call it super bleak because it is because i feel like the main thesis is like you like the thesis of batman as a character is look what the bad in our world can create can create a hero that comes right. from that. And the, the thesis of this is the opposite, which is look at what the bad in our world can create. A, a villain as sinister just spewed out by the, the terribleness that is our world. And people see that and they go, ooh, I don't like that. But they did not back down with that movie. They were like, this is the freaking story. We as a society are capable of creating this. And with the music and, and the, the cinematography and everything that makes that movie a really interesting piece of art. Um, it's not perfect, but man, are they committed and consistent and super ambitious about the whole thing. And so I feel like the fact that they're going this way with the second one, uh, I'm, I'm for it. I really am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We often talk about usually off air, but sometimes on air about how we want movies to take more risks where the movie was going great and they chose to be restrictive for XYZ reason. And we're like, man, I really wish they just would have killed that character and let them stay dead. Like that would have yeah. been the move, right? Like Chewbacca in the, the Rise, of, uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Should have killed him, should have left him dead. Spoiler alert, you know, five years, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but sure. I think that they're the what Joker did for us, it was like, oh, we're going there. And guess what? exactly what you think is going to happen once we lead you up to this point we're also going to give you we're going to jump off the edge and then you don't know what's going to happen but we're going to jump with you and you're, you're going to see where we land crash fall or die and i love that about joker one and it seems like they're going to do the exact same thing and if they can do this listen carefully if they can do this well if they can execute the second one as incredibly well as they did the first one I would liken this series to as remarkable as The Godfather. And oh. that's a big statement. It's very, it's catered to very different crowds, but I feel like in, in years to come, looking back at the pieces together, it will be pretty remarkable if this second one is successful. Will there be a third Joker? Maybe in 12 years after with everyone's too old and I don't yeah. know there's a bad edit that comes later but I know that if they nail this down it's gonna be like required required watching later I think yeah I agree I, I think the first 
Joker is going to age really well. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the people who... Well, first of all, if you go read a lot of the bad reviews, they just talk about how this all this movie has to say is how bleak the world is and how dark it is and it doesn't have any it doesn't it doesn't offer any sort of like messaging on how to fix it and it's not the best narrative and stuff like that. And I'm like, but I feel like those people are missing the point and that in in 10 years time, people are going to look back and be like, "Wow, look at what they did to the superhero comic book formula at a time when Avengers Endgame has just exited theaters you know like the prototypical most quintessential superhero movie of all time they threw this comic book movie out there and just totally flipped the script on an entire genre made a billion dollars doing it with an R rating like I feel like that movie is going to age really really well and to your point like even though it won't be the level of cinema that The Godfather is you know, because the Godfather is the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Your point about it being a, a really remarkable feat is fair. Because if they if they take the second movie, make it a full blown musical when the first one wasn't at all, and make it make sense and work, yeah, that's impressive. It's <laughs> it, it has potential to be an an incredible feat. I, I agree with you on that. Right. Um, right. Well, well, and this has been Joker Talk with Cam and Kirk. <laughs> we'll we will wait on bated breath to see what what comes next of Joker, but this is far and away the most interesting story of the week in, in movie news. So, um, had to dive deep into it. We'll we will keep a close eye on any any uh, casting and other details. So, stay tuned for that. All right. Next up, we're gonna stay. Here's the thing: if superheroes are usually the flavor of the day, the flavor of the day this week is is super villains and antiheroes. All right, because next up, we're gonna stay on DC just for the sake of consistency, and we're gonna talk Black Adam, which this is a movie that oh my gosh, talk about production! It has been in production hell for ages. Um, Dwayne Johnson signed on to do this movie eons ago. I mean, he's been talking about this movie for so freaking long. Um, And finally, it's here. We've got a full-blown trailer. You got Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam. You got Dr. Fate, Pierce Brosnan. Um, You know, Adam Smasher and and all this Hodges, Hawkman, and all of these different things. And, And clearly what they're trying to get across in this trailer is that this is not your normal superhero movie, you know. He's like they, they have a very campy line in the trailer of like uh heroes don't kill people. He's like, Well I do. <laughs> you know, so they're trying to set up like this is more like interesting. Gilmore. Yeah. Guns don't kill people. I, <laughs> I kill <do>. people. <laughs> right. Uh, so they're trying to set up a very like they're trying to tell people this is not your 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 typical DC hero movie. But it's interesting. I want to get your thoughts on this trailer, though, Kirk. What, what what are your initial thoughts? Well, if you go and watch it, in the first, like, 15 seconds of the trailer, big Scorpion King vibes. Not a fan of the first 15 <laughs> seconds of this Scorpion trailer. Scorpion King. Now, there's a movie I haven't had referenced in a long time. Rest in peace, Mummy 3, and then the Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's first feature film on his own as a lead. Oof. 
the Scorpion King. Now, then it quickly diverges away from that, and then we get some really, really sweet action scenes. I mean, there's like things that are just breaking on him. Uh, it, as we're queued up at this moment, he catches a rocket launcher <laughs> rocket, and then it just explodes in his hand, and he walks away from it. I mean, it sound that part of it. I mean, that's that's what superhero stuff is about: superhero, supervillain, and. I think that it's got that formula down. It's setting up a very compelling character to soon fight Shazam, which would be in the third Shazam, yeah. uh, or in a standalone film, Shazam versus Black Adam, whatever they want to call that. So ultimately, I like the vibe overall, except for the first 15 seconds. Yeah, I mean, listen, this looks like a DC movie. Okay, and yeah. that's not, and that is not necessarily a bad thing. I, I, I know that people hear that and they go, "Oh, here he goes again on his DC rant." But seriously, it, it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It is consistent with their aesthetic. It's consistent with Shazam. It's consistent with a lot of the Zack Snyder things. More, more so, probably more so like Aquaman and Wonder Woman than the Snyder stuff. Um, but it is. It looks like a DC EU movie, which it is. It's got the, uh, you know, <clears throat> the like yellowish uh, tint to it that, that they made fun of in the boys with uh, their uh, Dawn of the Seven trailer, which was really funny. It's got tons of CGI, uh, lots of like high contrast stuff going on. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it looks like DC. It doesn't look bad. I mean, as far as DC trailers go, like it looks... It looks exciting. I think this one has potential. Um, the dialogue is rough at times yeah. in the trailer, for sure. Very cheesy. Um, but the characters look good. I thought Adam Smasher looked good. thought Hawkman looked good. think that the Black Adam suit looks good. Um, Aldous Hodge is a good actor. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to make a determination one way or the other yet on this film, but I definitely don't... Th I, I, my main takeaway is I don't think it looks super bad, which is a good sign um, because usually with DC trailers, I'm like, Ugh, you know, Aquaman, um, even Wonder Woman 1984, which I was hoping would be good and ended up being garbage. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of times they look bad and this, this does not, this does not look bad. You know what I love most about this trailer is the physique of Dwayne Johnson because it's not his normal, I'm going to get his big as I can get. He actually looks pretty slim uh, compared to his normal, you know, giant muscle physique. Like it, it seems like a very specific training that he took on oh, yeah. to become this character, which in turn gives him a little bit of an edge. He, his face looks different. His arms, his shoulders, everything looks a little bit different, which I think can help him feel a little bit different as we've grown uh, through the ages is that Dwayne Johnson has become more and more a better actor. He's learned the steps. He's learned the tricks. He's learned the craft. And I think that if he can have, if he can build that physically, because obviously he's the master of physical changing, uh, physical shape shifting, I think that that's going to only benefit his characterization. So that part I'm, I'm really banking on helps him make a very solid character despite whatever else happens in the writing and the the mission that becomes in the conflict of this movie. Yeah, I would say if ever, if ever there was like a passion project that he was going to go all out on, Dwayne Johnson, it would be this one. Now, mm -hmm. what all out acting or all out performing looks like from Dwayne Johnson, I don't know. Um, 
I think his ceiling as an actor is not the highest. I don't think his right. range is exceptional. But in the right role, he can perform well. I think in the first Jumanji movie, you know, that's a really enjoyable performance and character. Um, he has his moments. He really does. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it will be good. Uh, you know, <laughs> it would be so funny if Shazam and things that are Shazam adjacent are the best things to come out of the DCEU because it's like it's like the throwaway character out of all of them and they like fooled around and made two good movies like that would be really funny um, so, so we'll see especially with the sequel coming out later this year but mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm not discouraged I'm not encouraged I'm just kind of I'm here I'm here uh, and and we'll be eagerly awaiting some more. So that's black Adam next up on the, th- on the theme of anti heroes. It's Marvel's turn and it's time for the Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts are here. If you're not familiar with the Thunderbolts, think the suicide squad. This is a, this is a group of people who were villains or are villains who are formed into a special tax task force, which in the comics is put together by, General Thunderbolt Ross, um, who is Betty Ross's dad. Uh, he's he's also the Red Hulk. Um, uh, General Thunderbolt Ross was played by William Hurt in the in the uh, MCU, who has sadly passed away since then. So we won't get that chance, which freaking sucks so bad that they waited so long to do this movie that we don't get to see him as Red Hulk because he was in it for so. I mean. He's been in it since the beginning of the MCU. He's one of the only people who's still around from the very beginning. Right, um, like Eric Bana Hulk <laughs> yes. was in, guys. Just yeah. a reminder. Yeah, so um, it's a bummer. But Thunderbolts is finally coming. This is all coming uh, courtesy of Deadline on the reporting here. They've tapped uh, Jake Schreier as the director, who has a pretty limited resume so far, directed Paper Towns. Um, with Cara Delevingne back in the day and um, some TV episodes and a few other things. Robot and Frank, I think he also directed that. So, uh, you know, not much to go off of there in general when when it comes to like a high-scale, super high-budget movie like this. But Deadline is reporting that some of the characters that are expected to be in it or could be in it are Ghost, which is an Ant-Man type villain, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Uh, Yelena Belova, obviously, Baron Zemo, um, Winter Soldier, uh, yeah, some others. Oh, uh, um, U.S. Agent, so um, your boy from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Mr. Wyatt, Russell. Wyatt Russell. So, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Thunderbolts, Kirk? And, uh, you know, it's, it's presumed that this is going to be Julia Louis-Dreyfus's team that she's been building out that we've been seeing in the after credit scenes that, that, that obviously seems to be the way that they're going, um, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Uh, but how are you feeling about this so far? How, how Are you excited about it? Pretty fun news. Pretty fun news all out. I Wouldn't it be great if James Gunn directed this too? <laughs> like... Yeah. He just comes back over and says, <laughs> you know what? I've done this and I think I can do it again, where he just finds these band of misfits and makes it work. I think that's not necessarily the only director option, obviously, but I feel like there would be an incredible electricity if you were able to do it. It's like, 
which one of my movies can I make better <laughs> of, of these supervillains? So other than that, other than that fan casting of um, fan directing casting, I think it's going to be a good time. Again, when we get these villain movies, I'm always trying to figure out what the conflict is in them. Is it banning together or is it uh, fighting against the government that's pretending to be their good? Can they should they do that again with this movie? I don't know. Um, it needs to be a little bit deeper than that. What what uh, time frame does this happen in? Um, is it a jump to the future? Or is it a jump in the present timeline of the sacred timeline? Who knows? So many opportunities. I'm most nervous about what is the conflict once they put all these characters together. Yeah, what what could constitute bringing bringing together a different supergroup? Like, sh- certainly the Avengers are kind of not the Avengers right now, right? Like, we haven't really seen even a whiff of the Avengers in Phase Four yet, um, or really anything post Thanos. So, is this group needed in in lieu of that? And yeah, what threat are they out there to get? Is is this going to be? you know, kind of an Avengers light type of event movie with Kang or, or like where, what are we after here? Unless they're going after Wanda. Could be. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I would say I'm, 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 I'm optimistic about this one, but I think there is, there is high potential for it to be messy. Um, There, there may not be enough. Like I'm a little bit worried about the personality meshing, you know? Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting because the character of winter soldier, like that Sebastian Stan has carved out. Um, it, it doesn't work with everybody like banter wise, but I think Elena Belova will be the glue of the group has potential to be a leader of the group. She certainly seems to have a better handle on a moral compass than the rest of the group following the events of Hawkeye and things like that. So it will be interesting to see, um, if they do decide to go Red Hulk and they go Red She-Hulk instead, they have to bring Liv Tyler back. Liv Tyler. Oh my oh, man. goodness! That would I would freak out. I would freak out. I. <laughs> and can we have Steven Tyler just pop in for some vi- villain cameo or I don't know, sing at a at a Thunderbolt concert? <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but just bring him and Aerosmith in and do something with them, please, yeah, let's please, do it. please. Um. I'm excited. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus I think is great in her role, um, and we haven't even gotten to see her do her thing yet. But she's a powerhouse actor, and this is a really good fit. So it's exciting. I think it's overdue. <laughs> I think we need. We've been. Everybody's been knowing that this is going to come eventually. Um, so I was surprised to get it just kind of randomly dropped rather than like being confirmed at some big Disney event. But here we are. So Thunderbolts coming soon we'll, we'll keep you guys apprised of the details as they become available next up Those big lightning. one <laughs> was that your thunderbolt noise nice. thunderbolt well it it i didn't know because you were doing the speedy gonzalez yosemite sam hand pistols there so i was like is that gunshots or thunderbolt um you know it could be both <laughs> next up big announcement title mm. announcement Knives Out, the Knives Out sequel, which of course uh, Knives Out was purchased by Netflix, and this is expected to release in theaters and on Netflix, but the sequel is officially titled Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Glass Onion. Things that come to mind, Kirk. The Beatles song, Glass Mm -hmm. Onion. Looking through a glass onion. Um, 
good song. It references a bunch of other Beatles songs, so I don't know what to read into that. You know, mm-hmm. the walrus was Paul, and I told you about strawberry fields and things like that. But here's here's some other ones for you, Kirk. I'm gonna throw some throw some curveballs at you. Okay. A glass onion is. Uh, do you know what a glass onion is like in real life? Uh, it is a onion. Yes. Clearly made out of glass. Uh, broken glass shards recycled, uh, environmentally safe for you to consume. I believe that is the exact Webster definition nice of try. glass onion. Uh, no, it's a it's a bottle. It's like a you know like a decanter or like something that holds liquid, and it's oh. called a it's called a glass onion because it's it's it was used on like sail sailboats and stuff like that, which makes sense given the fact that they're on a boat in this movie. Okay. It has a okay. wide base so that whenever the sailboats doing sailboat things. It's it stays, you know. It's a wide the base. Doing sailboat things, the glass onion shall stay. Is that one of the lines of the Beatles' "Glass Onion" song? I feel like that <laughs> would be pretty good if we could insert that in there. No, no, it's not. But that's what a real glass onion is. But then also, you know, if you're just like, if you just take the words separately, and you go glass. Okay, what do you think of when you think of glass? See through, right? Yes, transparent. Onion. What do you think of when you think of onion? Layers. Layers. Uh, so something, when you apply unknowing. that to a mystery, you go, it's something that is... It stinks. It's multi, maybe. It's maybe a it's stinky a- mystery. <laughs> okay, we've lost Kirk. We've lost. He's gone. Uh, <laughs> it's layered, but it's also transparent. So maybe, maybe, and I'm putting on my literary analysis cap oh. here. Maybe it's like, it looks clear. But there's there's more to be seen underneath. It's not as clear as it looks, or yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, like, that's as far as my brain can like go. Like it's right in front of you. What if? What if it's what's the what's the thing where you have all the letters and they're just mixed up and they you, they're they're supposed to spell something else? Uh, something a gram. Pangram. Something like that. Pangram, angram. Anagram. Anagram. That. What if Glass Onion, if you reshape it, if you mix up the letters, it spells out the name of the person or it spells out a weapon or a place. I'm not going to sleep until I unscramble all the different possibilities of that. Because what if it's staring us right in the face with Glass Onion? What if it's in the lyrics of the Glass Onion song from the Beatles? What if it has something to do with where it was written, where the song was written? I mean, there has to be something right in front of our face, but a little bit stinky and layered. (laughs) Anagram, by the way. Pangram is uh, one of those sentences that has every word in the alphabet, like the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That's a pangram. Oh, wow. Bravo. Memorizing that. This is an anagram. Okay. Um, That's what you're proposing. I doubt it's that simple, but I think maybe, maybe the Beatles have the answer, Kirk. Maybe you're right. Maybe we go to the song. We go to the lyrics of the song for more. Maybe the Beatles are all still alive. Maybe that's what Knives Out 2 is trying to tell us. Ooh, that could be good. Mm. Paul is dead, but the rest are alive. Oh, flip-floppy. Flip-flops. Wow. Paul, Paul really was dead the whole time, but what, oh we, what nobody else guessed was that the rest of them have been alive. With Elvis. Which Ringo is still alive, right? I hope so. I don't think so. Did Ringo die? No. I think they're all gone except for Paul. No, Ringo's alive. Okay. Don't do that to me, Kirk. Sorry, Ringo. Ringo's My alive. My apologies. 
He's so, probably like 78 now. Paul is dead. The rest of the Beatles are alive. It's basically what what we're... That's a that's our hot take. I like it. We've cracked it. We've cracked it, Ryan Johnson. Nice no try, Ryan Johnson. Nice try, buddy. Better luck on the third one. <laughs> you should have been more cryptic with your title. I don't know what to tell you. So you did this to yourself. All right. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I don't think we added any value <laughs> with that discussion. <laughs> I don't think we gave one meaningful insight, except for maybe there were other people. I mean, certainly there were probably other people who didn't know, like, oh. what an actual glass onion was to those listening this speculative conversation actually went on for three more hours yeah, and cameron right. just edited it down it's like, to it's like, 10 minutes producer's note <laughs> the conversation continued for five more hours we edited it for your own sanity uh, clap marker right here <laughs> okay let's do a couple of quick hitters and then we'll get to our game kirk you ready yes first up variety is reporting that ozark star breakout star i should say julia garner has been offered the role of Madonna in the Madonna biopic. And this is significant because Madonna herself is heavily involved in this film. Um, so it's it's a big deal. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, at the beginning of all of this talk of her biopic, Madonna was supposed to produce, write, direct, and there was speculation that she wouldn't let anyone star in it besides, besides They would just like CGI de-age her. Right, right, right. So this is a big step for I, I understand it was a grueling process, and yeah. Julia Garner is in the final kind of ring of opportunistic uh, actors, and I think she's going to likely get it based on these reports that are coming. She out. was offered. That's what that was the update today. She was offered. offered today. Okay. She was offered the role. Um, yeah. So. I I ship this. I ship it. I think it. it'd be a great pairing for sure. Yeah, I'm ready for her breakout. I'm ready. There's a few people out there that I'm like, yeah, Oz, like, like, great job on TV, but I'm ready for the big time. It's like, it's like her and Sadie Sink and you mm-hmm. know a few of the others who are kind of like still in the in the television world that need to make the leap once they're done with their big shows. And uh, she's ready. She's ready. She's gonna be a mega star, and this seems like a, a great first crack at it for her. Unstoppable. You go, Julia Garner. You do it. Do the dang thing. All right. Next up, Nev Campbell. Not so happy with the uh, Scream franchise. She's out. She's out. Sydney, our leading lady for five films. She gone from the Scream franchise. What's your favorite scary movie? (laughs) What's your reaction to this, Kirk? Nev Campbell out of Scream. Can you even make, can you make a Scream movie without Sydney? The answer is no, and yeah. I think they should cancel the final film. <laughs> I, I tend to agree, honestly. I really do. I really because do. Because she's the heartbeat of that of that series. I mean, you you immediately connect to her and her the, the fear that she exudes in Scream 1 and 2 and 3 and so on, but really, she hooks you in the first one that there's nothing else that you can hook to as much as that. She is She is the spine of this, so not having her not good for the final film. I say cancel everything else and just live with the existing franchise. Yeah, and and the fact that it's like over salary dispute, I'm like, come on, dude. You, you I mean, they're not paying anybody else tons of money, and mm-hmm. they make tons of money off these films. I, I know that's the Scream movie that came out earlier this year, which I still have not seen to my dismay. Uh, but I will assume Nev Campbell doesn't die in it because they were gonna. <laughs> she was. <laughs> 
supposed to come back for six. Spoiler alert. Um, but you know, like they, they had some new new blood there. But it's like these movies make a ton of money. They're they're generally well received. They have a cult like following, big fan base. Just pay her. Just pay just pay her. I can't imagine it was that outrageous. Obviously, I'm not close to it, but it's not like she's out there getting these other massive roles that would bring her price way up. I just don't Charmed understand the it. The movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like it, it's her and David Arquette, man. Like you gotta those are the those are the pillars. So, I don't know. Nev Campbell, we're 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 behind you, one hundred percent. We are. We're we stand you. with you. We stand with Nev Campbell till we die. Okay. I think that's it, Kirk. Let me check my notes. Okay. Let's talk about what to watch this week, real quick, and then we'll get to the game. Uh, really, the obvious stuff. Miss Marvel episode two comes out tomorrow, Wednesday, June fifteenth. Obi-Wan Kenobi episode 5 the penultimate episode comes out tomorrow June 15th big time uh, the Barry finale is out now so if you've been waiting on Barry season 3 and you want to binge the whole thing go for it fire at will you can do it I think you can also like buy it you can like buy season 3 on VOD which is super weird um, wow. like it just came out I'm very surprised that that's a thing but I got an ad from Amazon that said that it was like Hey, Cam, you can watch Barry Season 3 on VOD right now and just buy it on Prime Video. I was like, what? Um, Very strange. And then The Boys, Episode 5, which I'm an episode behind, so I need to catch up. That drops this Friday. And in theaters, the big money movie of the weekend will be Pixar's Lightyear. Lightyear starring Chris Evans. So um, we'll be trying to get out there to go see that movie and review it for you next week. And... That's about it. We're, the movie we are reviewing this week, Hustle, to plug once more, is still number one on Netflix's movie list, uh, their top 10. So go check it out. Lots of people are watching it. It's easy to do. Quick two-hour movie, and then you can join us on Friday for our review. All right, Kirk. Game it up. Sandler says, let's go. It's time. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully Cameron will put some really cool stuff in post-production where there's like music oh, behind me. Oh, come on. Like, doo, 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 doo. Oh like a buzzer gosh. beater. That probably hurt your ears. I apologize. But what I want to talk to you about, this game is called Sandler Says. We're diving deep into Sandler's filmography. And we're talking about the quotes that either, uh, I almost said Stephen Sandler. Stephen. <laughs> like oh, his, I love Stephen Sandler. He's great. His twin brother that never got a break. Uh, that Adam Sandler, that Adam Sandler, all of his movies that he was in, um, maybe he has said some of these quotes. Maybe his co-stars have said some of these quotes. I'm going to give you the quote, Cam. And if you can get the movie, you have to name the movie that the quote is set in. Okay, you get 10 points. Boom. If Hubie Halloween's on here, I'll murder you. (laughs) I'm just telling you that right now. I feel decently well-versed on old-school Adam Sandler. It's the new mm. stuff that's going to be tricky, but fire mm. away. I, I make no promises. <laughs> 10 points if you get the quote off the bat, no help. If you need a hint, there are three hints. If you ask for the first hint and you get it right, eight points. Ask for the second hint, you're two hints in, you get five points if you get it from there. Oh. If you ask for the third hint, you only get one point. We're going to tally the score at the end of this. Oh my. Okay. And they will maybe mean something later on down the line after I was numerous say, games. Does it mean, what does it what does it matter but okay i'll wait i'll be patient today it means nothing but yes. in the future it might also mean nothing or it might mean 
I buy a ticket to a movie for you. Perfect. High stakes. We'll see. Ready. This is Sandler says. Quote number one. <clears throat> I love this game. I live this game. There's a thousand other guys waiting in the wings who are obsessed with this game. What's the movie? Hustle. Too easy. That is correct. Nailed it. That's 10 points right out the gate. Man, I'm, I'm worried. I think you're just going to be an expert on all of these. <laughs> well, I mean, I points. just watched that movie last night, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's pretty fresh. Quote number two. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Billy Madison, final answer. That is correct. Yes. Let me walk you through some of the hints, though, because some of them are like trivia based. One yeah. of the fun things about this is that Norm MacDonald, rest in peace. Norm MacDonald is in this movie <laughs> as one of Billy Madison's uh, friends who was reportedly actually intoxicated in his drinking scenes <laughs> by the pool and elsewhere, which is just hilarious yeah. because he is a he is just a mess on screen and it's <laughs> proved successful in that film. So Surely. fun fact. The next quote. Number three of Sandler says, you are ripping through these because you are a Sandler expert. You're a Sandler I'm a sand. I'm a Sandman, Sandhead. You're a Sandhead. <laughs> <laughs> the quote is, Sir, one more outburst. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? The wedding singer. That is correct. Yes. Three for three. We're at 30 points. This is crazy. How about an extra bonus 10 points in this round? You Ooh. ready? Yes. Name the actor. Oh, no. Or actress who helped write this movie specifically with improving the female lead's character. In The Wedding Singer? Famous, famous actress. An actress who will live in infamy. One of the, uh, played one of the greatest female roles of all time. Helped write this movie. Helped write the role specifically for Julia Gulia. Jennifer Aniston. It is not Jennifer Aniston. Okay, who is but it? Great guess. The answer was the late Carrie Fisher. Carrie ladies Fisher. And gentlemen. Wow, really? Is that not crazy? That's like, awesome. I love that. They gave her 60 days or 90 days with the script and... Her whole goal was to increase, improve the heartbeat of Julia Gulia. Absolutely incredible. That's awesome. I love that. Or Julia Hart, I should rather say. Number four. The quote. I am not what you would call a handsome man. The good Lord chose not to bless me with, with charm, athletic ability, or a fully functional brain. <laughs> Sorry, the quote's too good. I'll read it again. I'm not what you would call a handsome man. The good Lord chose not to bless me with, with charm, athletic ability, or a fully functional brain. Mr. Deeds? That is incorrect. Oh! Here comes, here comes hint number one. Okay. You might need two hints. Oh, no. Hint number one is Adam Sandler does not say this quote in the movie. It is by another character. Yeah, I picked up on that. Would you like hint two for a five-pointer? Well, can I just guess on hint number one? You can guess one? again, and then I will absolutely have to give you hint number two. Okay. Um, QB Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is incorrect. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so now for a five-pointer. This is Rob Schneider's first appearance in, a, oh. in an Adam Sandler movie. Rob Schneider. First of many. Waterboy. That is correct. For yes. Five points. Okay. There we go. There we go. There it is. Tough one. You know who says that? <laughs> I don't even remember the name of the character, but it's the it's when it's when uh, <laughs> they need Bobby Boucher to come back to win the final game. They basically forgiven him, and they march in a mob to the hospital yes, where yes, his, where yes. Kathy Bates is faking her recent injury. Yeah. And he's he's that bald. I remember, never remember this actor's name, but he's bald. He appears next to Vicky <laughs> and says, "I am not a handsome man." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I it's totally so forgot about good. that, but I remember they that now that Because he's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Okay. All right. You're at 35 points. Woo! Right now. I'm feeling and good. 35. We're on our final question of Sandler Says. Here's the quote. So every day you help her to realize what happened and you wait patiently for her to be okay with it. Then you get her to fall in love with you again. Click. That is incorrect. No, I felt so good about that. Hit number one. Once again, it is not Adam Sandler saying this. Dang quote. it. <laughs> I'll say the quote again if you don't want to move on to the next hint, because if you can get it right, I'll still give you the eight. No, points. it's all right. Let's let's do a hint. Do you want the hint number two? Just the first okay, one. I'm going to say the quote one more time for our listeners. So every day you help her to realize what happened and you wait patiently for her to be OK with it. Then you get her to fall in love with you again. Hint number two. The star of the film The Dead Zone is also in this film. Jeez. So if you can tell me who is in The Dead Zone, then piece that together <laughs> with who is in this film. Mm. Why did you say this was hint number two? Isn't it hint number one? Hint number one was Adam Sandler does not say this. Oh, that he doesn't quote. say it. That he doesn't mm-hmm. say it. I see. That I was see, a theme with all my hints, but you did I so see, well I out see. the gate with one, two, and three. You never heard them until question four. Okay, so the dead zone. Yes. Christopher Walken. That is correct. Well okay. Done. Okay. Okay. So Christopher right. Walken is in this film with Adam Sandler. Yes. Every day you help her to realize what happened and you wait patiently for her to be okay with it. Then you get her to fall in love with you again. 50 first dates. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Whoo. That was a close one. That was a close one. That is correct. So out of 50 points, Mr. Cam Wiggs, 40 out of 50. Congratulations. That's a B. I'll take that. I'll give myself another little ding for that. But yeah, that's, that's a solid B. I'll take that. We need an, Do we have an applause on that little ring-a-ding there? Not anymore. I deleted oh, it. Oh, how sad. <laughs> okay, hold on. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay. There it is. Wow. Woo! Did it. <laughs> Fantastic job. Great game. I, I was I was Same sweating it there, but I, I, feel, I feel pretty good about my performance. I'm definitely not going to lose any sleep over that. No way. No, you shouldn't. And if you do... Just go back and watch Hubie Halloween, just in case the next <laughs> just in time case. we play Sandler says. Round two, the quotes are specifically from <laughs> Hubie Halloween and the Grown Ups franchise and uh, any of the other ridiculous things that he's done. And also and Uncut I, Gems just for f- safe measure, but none, no lines that he says, just lines that Julia Fox, 
or uh, <laughs> Kevin Garnett say. <laughs> I knew you'd get those. I couldn't put that in there, so they were just not there. I love it. Awesome, Kirk. We need to be giving you the applause sound effect because that was a great game. Thank I you. appreciate Thank it, you. as always. Sandler says, uh, just a reminder, join us on Friday for our review of Hustle, the Netflix sensation. If you're into basketball and you haven't watched it, I honestly have no idea what you're doing. Like Every NBA player in the world is in this movie just about. I mean, there's one from my team, uh, the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry's in this movie. Uh, I mean, if you're a Sixers fan, my God. The, it's like their whole roster with the exception yeah. of Joel Embiid is in this movie. Um, really, really uh, fun if you're an NBA fan to see all those guys. And even if you're not, uh, it's a sports movie. So check it out. It's, it's the hot thing around, and we'll be back on Friday. Reminder, you can catch all of our episodes not only on your favorite podcast app, but also on YouTube. They're all available, including our rev- our review of uh, Jurassic World Dominion, our interview with Mike Hurd from the United States Air Force. So get in there and get after it. And until that time on Friday, we will give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as our band, Rhetoric, who created our original music. They're not our band, but we claim them and we love them. And go check out their music. And we will see you for our review of Hustle. Talk to you then.